0: I had never had an obsession with anything, just had that dream, you know, in the back of my head. And then as soon as I did it, I mean, it was like a switch flip. Hey guys,
1: welcome to the Rational Optimization Podcast. My guest today is Max Mariotti. He's an upcoming techno and house DJ. And today we talked about how he discovered DJing, how he decided that this is the thing he wants to do with his life and how he plans to... Yeah, go go on with this. How how he plans to build a brand as a <laughs> as a DJ, uh, which is a pretty hard task. But yeah, it was really interesting to talk to someone that has such a clear goal in life and such a yes, yeah, such a concrete direction where he wants to go to. I really enjoyed talking to him. Enjoy.
0: I saw on Instagram that a bar in my hometown in the mountains was looking for a DJ. And I, at that point, had never DJed before. But ever since I was eight years old, that's all I've wanted to do. Um, And I said, I I had no idea what I was going to do. So I was like, worst they can do is fire me. Wait, wait, (laughs) one
1: second before. Uh, You wanted to study, before you discovered DJing, you wanted
0: to study IBA? Yeah, so I wanted to study international business. Why? Just Because, um, I don't know, I think... I always wanted to apply it to music and I just thought that, you know, getting a music degree in my head wasn't practical. And so IBA was the closest thing I could y- to the closest thing to the music industry where I could still use it. So it was always my dream to be so a DJ. Money
1: connected with music. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was
0: always my dream to be a DJ, never my plan until a okay, no, couple no, years ago. Sorry,
1: now you can keep going. <laughs> yeah, sorry. no, no, no. So,
0: yeah. uh, um, so I said, you know, worst they can do is fire me. Went back to Trevenia, my hometown, um, interviewed for the job. They didn't ask me about my experience. I didn't tell them. I said, do you have gear? And they said, we have gear. I said, perfect, we're good then. 18 hours of YouTube, first set, I just went up, did the best I could. Wasn't amazing, but wasn't terrible. And then the second set was actually, funnily enough, one of the busiest sets I had. So they were like... First set, no one. Second set, 350 people, easy, uh, on like this little balcony. So that was stress-inducing because it was my second live set ever. But, you know, I mean, people really liked it. And I ended up DJing every day, weather permitting. I was outside. So every day from December 1st to May 1st that season, um, seven days a week, Christmas, New Year's, holidays, every day. Um, and that's when I would realize, like, this is all I've ever wanted to do, looking back on my life, and it's all I still want to do now, having done it every day. It's like, it's the only thing I think about, which is weird because I've never had, I, I had never had an obsession with anything, just had that dream, you know, in the back of my head, and then as soon as I did it, I mean, it was like a switch flip. Like, I became, I become a different person when I'm DJing, and that to me is a, a sign that I'm like, I'm reaching into myself and grabbing parts that I've never activated before. And then people see that and they actually, there's a positive response to it. So I found the thing that that lights me up and that other people find valuable. So I think I found like my niche kind of, you know, um, and just, I don't know, it's hard to describe, like, I always say that people don't know me until they've seen me play live because I am a completely different person. Like when we're just chilling like everything's fine, I'm pretty laid back. Um I'm a little bit soft spoken, especially in large group settings. And when I DJ, I am an animal. I don't know what happens, but I am going crazy. I'll you know, I jump off of things. Like I I will jump from one time I, like I was I climbed up onto a table and then like on where the DJ decks were, stepped onto another table that was like a meter higher and then jumped off of it into the crowd like and then just started partying. Like I don't know what happens. I still can't explain it but it's a completely different person Um, and it's just, I mean I've always loved rock stars and it's me trying to fulfill that like that dream of being a rock star that has kept me you know, going and being successful. Um yes. And then after I after that amazing season, I felt like I had fulfilled what I was supposed to do, what I felt like I was lacking the last year. And by complete accident I stumbled upon the entrepreneurship program. And I had I had this program and a music degree, pretty much fifty fifty. Like I did not know what to do. And then I thought to myself, well, is it going to be more useful to me to have a, f- like a, a, a formal education in business and teach myself the music in my free time or the opposite, where I have a formal education in music and teach myself in business uh, on the side? And I thought to myself, like, with how much of a business the music industry is, the business sense just sounded more logical to me. Also, because I'd already taught myself a lot about music. I've been producing music for, you know, I've been DJing since December of last year. I've been producing music since um, October of 2020. So I'd already taught myself a lot about that. And I was like, okay, there's a capacity here for me to learn by myself. Business, I wouldn't know where to start. So I just decided somebody for somebody to tell me where to start, basically. And then I would just work on the music stuff on the side, which I have been doing. Um, So that's kind of how I came to find this program. I know that's a long story for like, oh, that's why I'm here in Tilburg. But that's really like, it was all those events just summed up. And also Tilburg's proximity to Amsterdam, which is where I eventually want to buy a place and work out of, um, was also a huge pro Because I can make it there easily. You want to buy a place in Amsterdam? I would love to. Like a club? No, no, like an apartment. Um, my, My goal is to buy next summer. And I don't know if this is possible but I'm not going to say if it's possible or not because who knows. And these are big goals. Um, but my family my mom taught me this when I was, I was very young. She said uh, you need to create what's called a B-hag, which is called a big, hairy, audacious goal. And this is a goal that seems completely ridiculous, but you need to hold that vision and not focus on when it happens, but just that it will. And so for me, or you do need to focus on when it happens, but you just don't focus on the how. So it's why you want this and not how, and the how will come through Inspired Action. And so for me, my BHAG is to one tour next summer. So I would love to ideally get somebody or book shows myself um, where I can go, or not this coming summer, but next summer. um, Would be to go to places like, I mean, in the summer, Croatia, ridiculous. Um, Ibiza in Spain, like that's obviously, that's uh, that's, that's a dream, but... Just places like that, you know, Majorca maybe. Just huge party hotspots around the EU and fund that and do a tour next summer. Um, and then after that, after I graduate the program, be a full-time touring DJ and buy a place in Amsterdam because I love, I love Schiphol Airport so much. Schiphol Air- yeah, Airport? Yeah, Amsterdam, Schiphol. The airport? Uh, yeah. Because it is, like, if you look at the world, <laughs> like a world map, Amsterdam Schiphol Airport is smack in the middle. So you can get a direct flight to almost anywhere in the world. And that is amazing because layovers suck. Sure. <laughs> so I would buy a place in Amsterdam because if I have a show in the Middle East and then I have to go, you know, to if and then I have a week in between and I have to go to Argentina or something, I can go direct from Amsterdam to Dubai, back to Amsterdam, spend a week at my house and then Amsterdam direct to Argentina. Like there's direct flights everywhere. So it's the traveler's dream, you know?
1: It's true, otherwise you would probably like flew flew across Amsterdam anyway. Exactly,
0: exactly. So might might as well have a nice home to come home to while I'm there anyway, you know? Um, So I just love the location of it. And also the music scene in Amsterdam is crazy. Like all of my musical inspirations are Dutch, so that's why I'm here basically. That's one of the reasons why I'm here is because like, I mean, I grew up, Um, like the, when I realized I wanted to be a DJ, I was eight years old. Um, and I came across on YouTube or like old YouTube. Um, it was Tomorrowland, the music festival. They upload their live sets. So 2012 was the year. And I believe it was either Tiesto or Hardwell. I'm not sure which one. I think it might've been Hardwell. Um, I saw their live set from Tomorrowland 2012. Just Happened upon it on YouTube. Five minutes in, I was glued to the screen. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I knew it instantly. I was like, that is what I was put on this earth to do. And so it just kind of, you know, happened that I showed up here. I don't know if it was subconscious or anything, but like, um, for context, we're in Tilburg. You know, Eindhoven, 30 minutes east. Breda, 30 minutes west. Hardwell is from Breda, um, one of my favorite DJs now Maddox, who works a lot with Hardwell, is from Eindhoven, so I've situated myself in this place <laughs> where I'm in a very good spot, and like I believe um, one of my favorite groups from early on in the the big room kind of festival scene was wW and I believe they're from Tilburg, if not Tilburg, Brabant, the region um. And so I'm close by, you know, that I just position myself as close to it as I possibly could because it's such a, like, a visceral reaction for me to be like, I need to do this. So, yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice one. Uh, how are you going about building your brand? That is a good question. And it's a question I'm still trying to answer. But... um the way that I've done it is I think I, I take inspiration from people that I love and a lot of, it's hard as a DJ because you want to be very recognizable, like yeah, you want to have a recognizable trademark, but you're also just a guy, you know? Like if you're a band, you, you have a group of people all working together, maybe even on a, collection, a collective theme or something. But it's like when I'm branding myself, I'm literally branding me, not the vision of other people, uh, not a collective vision. I am branding myself. So it's hard to to figure out a way to trademark yourself, basically. So um, to do that, I just I try to take inspiration from people that I really like, Um, for example, like. Um, there's this guy, and he's in the house scene more than than like the big room kind of like, that's what I love to make, that I love to produce. I'm still trying to find my sound a little bit, but the stuff that made me fall in love with EDM was Martin Garrix, Hardwell, um, Tiesto, W&W, these big like anthem EDM producers, and now that's kind of moved into, like we call that in the dance scene, those were like the golden years of EDM from... 2009, 2010, to about 2014, that was like prime festival music. And now it's kind of shifted into a space where it's more house-influenced. So uh, guys like Fisher, guys like, um, I don't know, Fisher, Chris Lake, uh, Skrillex now even, um, has been working a lot in in the the house space. And uh, I produce mostly house music, Um, even though what I'm inspired by is the other stuff. I still... I'm trying to kind of stay relevant um, with my productions because it's a very contemporary sound. And whenever I produce the older stuff, it sounds great, but it sounds dated. And I know that maybe it'll make a comeback in the future and I can dust off the old hard drive and bust out some of those old school tunes. But for now, um, I'm trying to stick with the house music. And there's guys like... In the house music space, there's guys, a guy named Mala. And Mala is has has this brand um as a gangster, right so he the the thing is what he's done is has created such a strong brand identity because he's completely anonymous so therefore he's not branding himself. he's branding the idea of something and it's much it's much easier to come up with an idea for something and present that than it is to understand exactly what you stand for and present that so he keeps his face covered with a ski mask that's the first kind of trait wears these like gangster clothes um louis vuitton jackets like everything big chains um yet remains completely anonymous his albums are illegal mixtape don mala these kind of criminal names it's a huge hip-hop influence the music that I love to make, I'm so inspired by the music and the brand even more because it's so strong. But I know that I can't get to that point with a brand that strong if I don't separate myself from it because that is the branding of an idea, the idea of Mala, this character. It's like Marshmallow, right? Marshmallow's whole idea is wrapped up in a universe separate from the person. But it's so much easier to brand something like that. And it's so hard to take everything, all your core values, and present that in a trademarkable way. So it's a constant improvement thing, and I'm still very much working on it. Um, it's the, the long story shored way the hell up. Um, but... It's something I'm excited to explore because I've always loved aesthetics and and fashion and and working on you know building an image but I just don't know how at this point point. I'd love to enlist some talented people to help me um in that journey so if I could find them
1: Yeah I guess this is pretty hard especially like as a DJ like if you say like uh, as like a content creator or something then it's like you're always in front of the people, mm-hmm. you're always talking. That way you can like build like a brand much much easier than when you exactly. DJ, because as DJ, you're not talking, you're making music. Exactly. It's like
0: The talking is kept to a very bare minimum, because yeah. that's called, in, in DJing, it's called riding the microphone, where you're just using it way too much and talking over like the, the good parts of the song. And so there are some DJs who strike a balance with that. Um, the biggest guys in the world, Steve Aoki, amazing example of that, Skrillex, awesome example of that. They use the microphone to enhance the moment. There are people that use it too much, and there are people that don't use it at all, and they just let the music speak for itself. And, you know, I like to find that balance because I like to have a genuine, I like to have a real connection with the people that I'm DJing for, and I've only recently started using a microphone, and it's fun, so, so I keep doing it. Um, but I don't talk too much, because I make a point not to, because I know what it sounds like, and it does not sound good when you do that. Um, so yeah, it is hard, because you're branding an expression of yourself, and when you're creating that expression of yourself, you're not thinking about, the, you don't have the branding in mind. You have, how am I able to translate what I'm feeling and this spark of inspiration I have onto this canvas? export it and send it out to the world. That's what you're thinking about and you don't have a brand in mind, you know? So coming up with a brand for this brandless thing that you made after the fact is really hard. <laughs> so, you know, it's something I'm working on, but uh, and I, I've seen a lot of people achieve success with it and I'm hoping to, you know, to reach the same level.
1: Mm. Uh, about like music is is really hard to brand, right? Like Oh, yeah. Some people
0: have like those little like 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 like
1: something is in every
0: song like like yeah, the yeah, name or exactly. something. Yeah, exactly. Like that's typically done in hip hop music like a producer yeah, tag. Yeah, That's that's a really good way of of branding yourself. But in EDM it's not such a so much of a thing, you know, like a producer tag instead of a sound or like a vocal phrase, um a producer tag could be more of a sound. Like I don't know, I'm trying to think of a very iconic one. Like, um, I don't know, Skrillex would be a good example. Like, his uh, signature sound is growls. And, like, I don't know if you're, you've listened to much of it, but it's old-school dubstep. These big, fat, like, vowel sounds that are, like, they almost sound like people screaming at you. And that's a sound that has become so synonymous with his brand that every time you hear it, you're like, that's a Skrillex song. That's where I want to get to. But... I uh, I'm not exactly clear on how to get there yet. But even that I think it's really like okay
1: for the music fanatics it maybe yeah this is cool yeah. but like like for anyone else for it's everyone, a little bit more niche like, yeah. Like I think for anyone else like uh, as soon as there are no lyrics in the music it's super hard to Yeah, like, uh, Exactly. Uh, say, okay. That's
0: that's another thing about electronic music is yeah. that sometimes And of course, this is actually becoming less so, but um, there aren't a lot of lyrics. And that's more so true with the guys I was talking about earlier, Martin Garrix, Hardwell. They didn't use as many lyrics as as the newer people do, because in specific genres of house music, um, I won't go too far into it because I'm not going to nerd out here, but uh, tech house, techno and house music, um, you can add vocals to the top of a track and it sounds really good um, bass house, which is the kind of music that I like to make a lot. It's heavily influenced by hip hop. So I always take, like, I always start a track or try to, if I have this inspiration, like I want to make a mean, like illegal sounding track. I always go for gangster rap acapellas. Biggie is a great one. The Notorious B.I.G. Easy E. Anyone who has a very characteristic voice so for me, my favorite rapper of all time is is Notorious B.I.G. Um, so I always go for his acapellas, and I'm like, okay, which part of this can I chop up and use in a unique way um, to elevate the song to a point where people can actually sing along with it, which hadn't been the case in EDM and, uh, outside of melodies. People can hum melodies like da, 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 and it becomes more of a chant, but nobody could sing. So now it's becoming this thing where everybody can sing these songs and, it's great to have more lyrics in it, but it's also becoming increasingly hard to differentiate yourself. Um because with the rise of of um the internet and and in this past year, especially COVID, I mean everybody's producing music now. Like I I'm part of that wave too. Like I started producing music in 2020, so I'm the person who like who someone who has been producing for 10 years looks at it and goes, "Gah, everybody's a music producer now." But um it It is, it's it's very true. It's like the market is crazy saturated. Uh, so it, you have to find that unique, that unique thing. And I've done that in live performance. I'm a very unique live performer. And like people have said, I don't say that about myself, like, oh, well, I'm very special. But um, people have said, like, I've seen hundreds of DJs and I've never seen anybody like you. And that's of course a huge compliment or an insult depending on what they meant by that. But I'm gonna choose to take it as a compliment because I don't know what their intentions were. But um, I basically, I go, like I was saying, I go insane. So nobody really sees that level of energy and just like a normal, like, I mean, I was playing opera Ski, so three, like four to 7 p.m. I wasn't like playing these massive festivals, but I acted like I was. And so that drew people in. And so I found my niche there what i need to do is find my niche in my productions which i don't i honestly don't know like i would say it comes through experimentation but i have no idea i haven't found it yet so <laughs> working on that
1: yeah the the connection you said that in 2010 or something you or 2012 12, yeah. you discovered like uh, tomorrowland the first time mm-hmm. and but djing you started at 2020
0: um, 2022, December of 2022, 10 years later. Okay, yeah.
1: So in between, you already knew that you wanted to be DJ, but you never tried. Exactly.
0: So I knew that I wanted to do something with music. And subconsciously, I think I always knew it was DJing because I would remember that time in my head when I saw it so vividly, but I never connect the dots, you know? So I always wanted to be... Um, For a while, I think everybody, like every, and I wasn't really thinking about what I wanted to do with my life from the ages of eight to 14. You know, nobody is, right? (laughs) So I was just like, I'm I'm traveling, this is sick, and especially because I lived a pretty unique childhood, so um, basically I I was nomadic for my entire um, child life from when I was nine to when I was about 16. Um, So that was my family constantly on the road visiting these new places, so from age eight to 14, I had none of that on my mind. Like, I was just like, oh, cool, new places, new people, cool, hi, everybody. Like, I was just living life, having fun. And then when I got to high school, that's when I started thinking about, okay, what do I want to do and how do I want to, you know, leave a legacy behind? Because that's really what um, my goal is and has always been, is just make a lasting impact on people. Um, And so it was age 14, I think, when I found hip hop music and I thought to myself I'm going to become a rapper. I could not rap. I could not write music. I just had that vision. I was like, I think I could do this. So, and I think every like little kid goes through this phase of like I'm going to be a rapper. Like this is ha- hands down I'm going to be a rapper. No no questions asked. So, I went through that. Luckily got out of that cuz it was it was not pretty, <laughs> but and then I I um I realized that I wanted to make music, um, but I wanted to not be behind the scenes, obviously, because I love performing. But I, I didn't want to be the focal point of the music. I wanted the the sounds, and the I wanted to showcase things in the music, and then play that for people in live performances, which is why I originally started producing music to become a hip-hop producer, because I still didn't know... I didn't know that EDM was eating away at the back of my brain. So the reason why I started producing music was to make hip-hop beats. You
1: started in uh, 2018, right? 2020. T- 2020. Prod- no, started- yeah, 2020
0: producing music, December 2022 DJing. Yeah, okay. October of 2020. I was, I was already a guitarist. I love heavy metal. Um, love heavy metal. It's like my favorite genre of music uh, aside from EDM. I don't know. They're honestly pretty even at this point. Um, but So I was a guitarist. I had a school project, and I had to record guitar. Didn't know how to do it. Just looked it up. So I was like, okay. How am I going to do this? And I downloaded like I think it was it was Steinberg's Cubase, which for all the non super big music nerds out there was the original DAW, pretty much the original digital audio workstation. It was one of the first ones where you could use um you could make music on a computer. Dated. So dated. Like the interface was so hard to use for me, like and they're updating it, but to me it's just like When you're picking a digital audio workstation, every single one can do the exact same thing. It's about finding the workflow that works for you. So I picked this one, had no idea. Took me three days to learn how to record into it. Um, Eventually recorded the guitar for my school project. And I was like, well I got all this software on my computer now, may as well try something. And so I just started, I just literally YouTube. Like YouTube is the best teacher now. how to produce beats like Jay-Z or like, you just put in like your favorite rapper and there's 25 tutorials that come up about how to make beats in their style. Um, and so I just, I mean, God, it was a year straight of like, I was doing school completely online, like most of us were. I would get all of my assignments at the beginning of the week. They had due dates throughout the week. I would spend seven hours on Monday just grinding my schoolwork get it done for the entire week, and then I would not lie to my family, but just leave out the fact that I was done with my schoolwork, although I'm sure everybody knew, and I know my mom's gonna be watching this like I knew it, but left that out and just went downstairs and worked on music oh, the whole time, because like my computer was facing the wall so nobody could see what I was doing, so if I was making music or if I was doing school, no difference to anybody in the house, so I would literally, I mean seven hours a day, seven days a week, only doing this, and that was all hip hop beats. And then God, it must have been March of 2022. No. Yeah, March of 2022 is when I first tried to make a house track. Um and it just clicked for me and I was like, oh yeah, this is sick. And then after that, it's just been EDM. Like I I mean I make hip-hop beats here and there because it's still really fun. But um, I've been producing EDM since then. Like, and I'm still relatively new at this. Like, this is like I take it as a compliment when people are shocked about how long I've been doing this because they're always like, my God, you're like, that was crazy. You must have been doing this. I'm like, no, literally, I've been DJing for eight months and I started producing a year ago. Like, it's not, I'm so new to this, but I'm just so sure that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life that it's like shot my progression to crazy numbers. So I'm really grateful to have found what I want to do because it makes me able to... Because before that, I I was a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, good at things, good at a lot of things, not great at something, Um, and then I found music, and it was just... And every time I wanted to... Going back to that last point, every time I wanted to improve at something, I would lose all inspiration to continue getting better at it as soon as I got to a surface-level thing because I was always searching for that next thing, and now I know that I was searching... For music, and trying, I was just trying to find that thing where when I did it, I would just felt like I couldn't stop doing it, and now I have it. And so now it's an obsession. I mean, I'm DJing um now once a week at, or once uh, every couple weeks at Tilbury Party Society, which is super fun. Um, and I love the people that work there. Is it Zen or uh, no, it's the one, it's uh. VVT, if you know, okay. yeah, so it's basically, it's um, a coalition of uh, a lot of international students, um, and they have put together um, this party, like, they're a party organizer. it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's it's similar to ESN, but they use a different venue, um, and they bring in a lot of people, so like, um, I was able to party with the the job interview, set that I had for them which was unpaid but they just wanted to see what I could do because a lot of people apply and they can't actually DJ so they just need to vet them so that day happened to be a day where they had in uh DJ Funk D who is from Nijmegen he's played at Tomorrowland he's played at Ultra Music Festival he's uh on tour right now in Southeast Asia he's going to um where is he going? South Africa, I think, is his next stop. Um, but he's... I mean, he's on this great tour right now, and I love to see it, and I wasn't expecting anything much because my set was really early, and there was a guy in between us, so I just thought I would be able to say hi. And what ended up happening is he invited me behind the the, the booth, and we... I was planning on leaving around 1 a.m. because my set finished at 11. I was just going to enjoy the thing, leave at 1. I mean, we were... We shut it like we shut it down. We, he we played from 1 to 3, and we stayed there. Like, we were just he was the the best, like he was such a nice guy. Um, and he, you know, gave me a shot to to get to know him a little bit. And um, it was so fun. And like, so that opportunity was awesome. Um, and then after that, I played the Halloween party, which is awesome. Uh, a little bit more niche music than um, people are used to. I was downstairs. So I was trying to because upstairs uh, at Tilburg Party Society for reference is a lot of like reggaeton music, um, old school like club hip hop, right? And that's not my style. I respect it. I love that kind of music in the right condition. Just not my thing that I love to DJ. So they were like, "You want to do downstairs?" And I was like, "I'll do downstairs." So they were, and I was like, "What do you want me to play?" And they were like get anyone down here who's not feeling what's going on up there. I was like, I got you. And so it was like a hard techno. Like, it was a dark basement. So I was like, okay, we're doing basement techno. Like, this is happening right now. And there were, I think, I mean, it was only 30 people, right, who were in this basement. But every single person was jumping and screaming, and the interaction was amazing. And I was just playing the music for whoever heard it. Like, if they were walking past the door um to go downstairs because the, the like the main dance floor there's a little stair set and then it's me. And so I was playing the music for anyone who heard it to be like, "Oh my god, I'm going down there." Like and it was only a few people, but it was so fun. And like yeah, going just like going back to my point, the point I've been trying to make is I've been crazy busy. So like every time I'm I'm not doing school, I'm DJing, and then every time I'm not DJing, I'm working on music. Like it is the only thing I want to do in my free time. There's no period of time where I'd say I want to do nothing. Like there's no, there's there's none of that for me. I feel you 100. Yeah, there's none of that. Like it's all. It's either I'm working, I'm DJing, I'm taking an exam because uh, I've had a lot of those. <laughs> but working, DJing, um, school or music. There's no chill time. So. But because music is the, the, that's the voluntary thing, like, it, it energizes me, so I don't need chill time. That's my chill time, you know? I don't feel, I feel rejuvenated after I work on music, so I can just get back up and go at it again, so, yeah, when you find your passion, I think the point I'm trying to make here is when you find something that you love to do, that you're obsessed with doing and that you're good at, you will never have a lack of energy, ever.
1: I feel this 100%. I I have the, the same for yeah. me. It's,
0: it's it's not DJing for no, me. It's yeah. actually
1: researching mm-hmm. like about stuff. So I'm like... Exactly. I, I think it's pretty... Like, our stories are not so far apart. No, I, they're exactly not. That this is, uh, but I think the thing that mainly connects it is like this flow state that you get. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. uh, the, the thing you're, you're describing. When you start to DJ and it's like, you're all in this in this thing, and I, yeah. I I feel the same when I'm like really deep in my research. I'm like only there. It's, it's like a different no, headspace. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Nothing, nothing else matters. And um, uh, yeah, this I, I feel this. But about about the goal, like yeah. the DJing, is it? You you also said that you want to make an impact on people. Mm-hmm. Is 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 DJing mainly for, because of the feeling, or is it also connected with the
0: impact? So for me, I think, I actually, I, I, was, I was thinking about this last night because I was trying to figure out how to brand myself. And I realized that I'm branding what, mean, what it means to me to be a DJ. That's my brand. And so for me, the way that I feel when I'm DJing is that nothing else in the world matters other than the music I'm playing and the people I'm playing it to. Um, I have no anxiety w- regarding anything, even the, like, and that's how I kind of knew the first time I did it, because, like, I was, like, you know, if I'm doing anything else, I'm, like, scared I'm gonna mess up. I'm, like, oh, what if I mess up? How am I gonna save myself from that? But when I'm DJing, I don't even think about it. And there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Like, if you've ever seen, like, a set of DJ decks, it's a lot of buttons, it's a lot of moving parts. There, I I could mess up so, I do mess up so easily, but... It's second nature to me to save it, so I don't even worry about it. And that that was weird to me because, like, first time I ever tried it, messed up really badly. Every time I would mess up, second nature would kick in, and I would save it easily after a day of using this gear. And I was like, wow, this is weird. Why am I, like, good at this already? And so that's how I kind of knew that I'd found something that I was, like, going to keep going. And coming back to your point, um... Music, like I was saying, it I just nothing matters to me. And I would love to have people feel the same way um, when they're at my shows. But also, I feel that same way when I'm listening to music. It's not as strong of a feeling, but it is still, if I can lose myself in a song, uh, it feels like the world falls away a little bit. Um, and so if I can make music that lets people let go of any burdens they're feeling or any, you know, maybe if they're having a bad day and a, my, one of my songs comes on and they can resonate emotionally with the melodies that I'm writing and, and everything. Cause I know that that's a huge thing for me is like, if I hear a specific melody, I'll just close my eyes and just let myself be transported to a place where none of my, you know, I could have an exam in a half an hour and I could hear this melody and suddenly everything would be all right. That's why I listen to music before my exams. <laughs> um, And if I can create a song that does that for somebody, even if it's for 30 seconds, prophecy fulfilled. Like, that's the goal. That's If I can ease your stress and take you to a place that's different than the physical place you're in, my music has served its purpose. Because for me, electronic music, whether it's listening to it casually, going to a festival, going to a club, it's, it's an escape, you know? Like, we don't go to a... You don't go to a music festival to worry about work. You go to a music festival to forget about everything and just immerse yourself in the music. And to me, that's beautiful, and I would love to be able to play at those festivals and, and be in that same headspace and help people get into that headspace because I know how good it feels. Like, to me, there's nothing better than being at a music festival and just like completely carefree enjoying the music. And so if I can do that for people, that's great. Live, live goals fulfilled. If my music can do that for people in their own homes, regardless of the situation, regardless of their physical location, that is an entirely different level of um, one difficulty, because it has to resonate with somebody very, very deeply for that to happen. Um, and to uh, so fulfilling to me at least because like if somebody if I can make a song and if somebody says man it felt like I was in another world. Mission accomplished. Like period. I just love that feeling so much, and to be able to give it to other to other people would be. The dream.
1: Okay, so it's it's like uh, it's like a mix of the the feeling you get yourself mm-hmm. when you're DJing. And the feeling you can create in other people. exactly, And make them, like, feel something. Yeah,
0: and that's how I think, that's how I want to create my legacy. Because if I can be remembered for being the guy that lets all of your uh, problems fall away from you, even just for a few seconds, that's, like, like for me, that person is, um, like, I love Jimi Hendrix. Um, And every time I listen to a Jimi Hendrix song, I can just, like, lay my head back, close my eyes, I can just be transported to that era in time, and the world just falls away from me, and I can immerse myself in that guitar and those melodies and his voice, and I forget about everything. So, and and you know he's been dead for a long time, and I'm not the only person who feels that way. So that's a legacy that I want to leave. You know, like just people remembering the music fondly. I guess. Why do you think
1: this matters? Like, for example, if you would be that, like, yeah. why why, why
0: would it matter that people? Because it matters to me a lot because I just know, like, it's so, it's one of the only things that can pull us out of this crazy thing that we call life, you know? Like, it's so fast-paced. Everything's happening all at once. And then you can just be plucked out of that for a second and have this moment of pure release and just letting everything go. And if I can be remembered long after I'm gone as the person who created that moment for somebody, I will be so happy because it just, it generates so much joy in my life. And I know that other people like me where just hearing a song like that, it just puts a the biggest smile on your face and um feels so good and if i can make people feel like that that would be amazing you know like um and also i would love to progress electronic music if i can you know like i'm not the best producer in the world right now but i'm not bad and i've been at it for a year so like there's still things i need to work on in my basic production skills but if i get to a point where i'm satisfied with that and i can do things to a high degree of of technicality that no one else has done before that'll be really cool because then i can start to leave my mark on the music scene sonically um which would be really awesome but i also do want to start my goal is to short life plan be a touring dj out of college become a successful professional musician after that start a record label the record label I want to start would be very artist centric because I know that the, like the main reason for me being in Tilburg University in the first place is that the music industry is a business, and record labels like you know Warner Music and Sony and UMG they're like as much as they don't want to say it they're and there are exceptions to this but they're 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 talking about profits a lot I mean it, it's it's a huge part of it they're a massive corporation and I don't. Uh, deny why. Of course I understand I'm a business student. So I, I understand why they are so focused on profits. But often people get left behind. And for me, if I'm already financially stable as a professional musician, the profits won't be my goal with the record label. And so I would love to create a record label that's designed for artists to succeed as like I'm thinking about something almost like a non-profit, you know? If I'm already financially stable, I don't need to make money off of a record label. So maybe brand deals or whatever, but the actual thing would not be about getting money from the artists. Like, I would be royalty-free. It would just be a platform for people to take off, you know? Like, something that I would have wanted now. Like, if I could join... If somebody found me, recognized... Or found somebody, not me or anybody, but found someone who is like, "You have talent. We're going to take that talent and show it to as many people as possible at no cost to you." That's what I want to do for people because there's no financial gain um, that's worth more than seeing somebody succeed. So, in in like, this is like a side not a side product. it wouldn't be my mainstream of income of course that would be music and then this would just be something that I can do on the side as a way of getting people to a higher level because that it's hard in the music industry it's very saturated and so to to provide a platform if I make a name for myself and get other people with reputable names to promote these people that I believe and I and other people believe are very talented that would be a great thing and then after that retire, get into luxury real estate, secure that retirement, because I love real estate. And so that, that's like a different topic all in and of itself, but um, yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, one short question. Yeah. Um, royalty-free means that everybody can use the music? With oh ro- no, ro- so
0: royalty-free in terms of on the, on the artist to label side um, means that, so basically the way that a, a general record deal works is they say, hey, we like you. We're going to give you an advance, which is a check to produce the album. And then you're going to give us 25% of those album sales. And the 25% is, it's a 25% royalty. And I would just want to do not necessarily the advances, because as a nonprofit, advances don't really work if you don't have any capital. But uh, just say, look, you present you prevent you present us excuse me with high quality products and we'll promote them for you um at no cost to you
1: how how does this promoting work because like do you set, make like ads or yeah it's
0: just an advanced way it's like using your network basically sure. it would be using my network to my advantage because you know as a dj in the edm space it's all about people you know so um if i can just you know leverage and, and the biggest thing that can happen is a big DJ plays your song, right, live. Because DJs don't just play their own music. They play music that everybody else has made as well. And so if a DJ hears a song and likes it, then they'll play it. And that's a huge win for the artist because there's people like me in the crowd who are like, oh, my God, what's that song? And they just pull out their phone and shazam it and then put that in their sets. And all of a sudden, the streaming revenue starts to grow. They start to get a little bit more popular. So it happens slowly but surely after that. And so I would just love to create a platform where I can be like, I like you, I like this music, I'm gonna send it to my DJ friends and if they like it, they'll play it. So I can't guarantee any, it's not guaranteed success, but it's just a way to help people kind of just scoop them up and push them in the right direction.
1: If you, when you use as a DJ, when you use a song of another DJ, um, I have another friend that is also a DJ, uh, from Germany, mm-hmm. but uh. He told me that, or uh, maybe maybe you can explain. So, to you can buy like the really or the the real high quality version of a song. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's it's different than what you get on Spotify. Like as a DJ, you don't play the Spotify version, right?
0: Yeah, there are so there's two different ways to get music. One of them isn't recommended, and that is using websites uh, where you can convert YouTube videos to MP3 files or Spotify song links to MP3 files and then download them. That's free. There's other websites, Beatport, uh, I don't know any other ones. Um, Beatport is the biggest one um, where you can go on and it's like iTunes used to be, but for electronic music. So you go on, you pay two euros, one euro, two euros per song and you download the high quality audio file of that song. Um, that is the way that you should be doing it um if you're going to bigger clubs festivals anywhere with a great sounding s- set of speakers because the great sounding set of speakers when you when you rip something off of a different website the quality is going to be lower so when you go to put it on this big set of festival speakers it's going to sound like garbage because the good speakers are supposed to bring out the details and the richness of the sounds, and so if it's a bad quality sound, it's not going to sound good on really good speakers. So that's why when you go to a website like Beatport, you're getting um, FLAC files, which are uh, lossless, high quality audio. It's a it's an audio file that's above Wave, and you can mainly only download MP3s, which is the most basic compressed form on Spotify and YouTube downloaders. So that's not recommended um, for big good speaker systems, um, which is the main difference. And also, it's also copyright infringement, so that too.
1: (laughs) Mm, So, but you only have to pay like two euros once and then you can use the song as often as you want.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you only have to pay, you have to just purchase the song outright. The only problem is um, that gets very costly because, um, you know, as a DJ, a one-hour set is going to be, depending on how fast you play, a one-hour set's about 30 songs. Um, And then if you want to build a library of music, I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of euros. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have a 1,000 songs, that's 2,000 euros for just the music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's a lot of money. But what I would say is that um, my best advice to give people would be use the MP3 uh, files at home. Figure out which songs you like which songs you know you wanna play, and then make the investment. And if you know that you're going to be on these good quality speakers, make the investment, buy the high quality songs, and build a playlist over time that's very curated. And then also you'll only have great songs. Like that's, if you, if you have time to go through and download a thousand songs, and then you just pick the 300 out of that thousand that you really like, that's gonna lead to a higher quality final product when you play live anyway. So it's a worthwhile investment to kind of download as much music as you want and then just filter through it and pick the good ones and up the quality of those, you know.
1: Nice, okay, that uh, makes sense. Um, what
0: do you think about like AI music generation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a very good question. Yes. So uh, I think personally that AI is at a point, and I love technology. It's my favorite thing, It, it was. it's one of my great passions. To me, AI is, right now, people are thinking a lot about the future of it, um, and they're not thinking about what it is at face value right now. Like, if you hear AI-generated music, a full song, pretty terrible. The things I really like about AI are, I mean, like vocal replication. So you can record your own voice singing a melody, and then all of a sudden, Beyonce singing that melody. That, to me, is really cool. I would never use it cuz it's I mean at this point it's a little gimmicky but I can see the application of it down the line like maybe you sound you don't have a good voice or you sound uncharacteristically uncharacteristic of a singer that you want in that genre so maybe say I can sing I can't sing but just say I can sing but I don't have a very soulful voice and what I want is a soul sample that sounded like I was plucked it right out of like a, an old gospel song from the 50s Instead of crate digging for hours and hours and hours to find the perfect sample, I can just record myself singing what I want to be sung and then use AI to generate that soulful, rich, beautiful style vocal. And to me, that's crazy cool. Where I think it falters is when people think they can use it to make um, an entire song. And of course, they can. It's possible you know based on this entire episode that would defeat the entire purpose of music for me you know like it's all about an expression of myself and and you know painting my emotions on this like canvas and to just generate it i mean it defeats the entire point uh and i think right now you know chat gpt is an incredibly good uh like natural language model so if you put um, words that you've written in, it can pump something out that is very high quality, pristine, no spelling errors. But at least me, and I know a lot of other professors and my mother who is an English teacher, my dad, he owns his own business. He loves to use ChatGPT because email's instant, right? And every time he sends it to my mom as a draft, she'll be like, she'll look at it five seconds. Nope, you wrote this with AI. Write it again yourself. I mean and it's the same way for me i can instantly tell when somebody's used chat gpt on text because it's got this very polished emotionless narrative and so it's i mean it's easy for me to tell where it's like that's ai like that that's written by ai there's no way um and with music no matter how good it is it will as long as it's made by ai it will always be emotionless because there's no human behind it who put... And, of course, you could use all of the techniques in the world to convey emotion, but in my opinion, uh, and uh, maybe this will change, but in my opinion right now, you can't create a song that holds emotion if you're not creating it with emotion. So... And AI's ability to synthesize emotion is non-existent. So when you're trying to synthesize an emotional song... If it's coming from an emotionless place, there's a disconnect. So for me, AI music in a nutshell is, it's a great tool, but it won't replace musicians. I don't think anytime soon, at least. Maybe longer down the line, but um, at this point, I I don't see it. I mean, I'd never see it as a threat, um, but I think it can be an amazing tool, like I was saying. I mean it's fun to mess around with. I'll tell you that much. Like I've had so much fun. Like I can be Drake. It's fun. <laughs> like, and I, I like, I've done this thing where I've like just raps, like I've written something, wrapped it, created a a beat that I would do for Drake. And it also helps with um, sussing out different things. So like, I'm like, okay, I want to make a Drake style beat. What do I need to do? I wrote a Drake style lyrics, recorded my voice singing Drake style. Um, put it through AI, got a Drake acapella and then built a beat around that, deleted the acapella, boom, Drake beat perfectly. Like it's an amazing placeholder and it helps you create songs around it that are much more high quality. So, it's really fun. Like that's the bottom line. is It's super fun to use. I mean, I don't use it a lot, um, but when I do, I have a great time. <laughs> I can imagine.
1: Mm, I always have one closing question yeah. and um this question uh, maybe for you i will change it a little bit but you can answer it in both ways so uh, i will add something so the question is um what kind of book or youtube video or podcast would you recommend to people but for you i will i will change it a little bit you can also Okay. say a song but it's yeah yeah. You, yeah like you can also say like a song that you really really love okay. that you really would recommend oh, I like people this to listen. Right. so
0: um
1: yeah okay go for it
0: book i'm gonna start out with book meditations by marcus aurelius that book is amazing that book yeah like yeah go for it
1: i don't know like the question i i think it's fine you we can leave this in yeah uh, but choose one thing one thing. No, oh, just one, one not, thing. Not one book. Oh, you got TV it.
0: And, yeah. Got it. One thing. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Like, I misunderstood. Yeah. One thing. All people okay.
1: misunderstand and all people hate it because they're like, oh, Oh my shit, God. One thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me
0: think. Oh, man. That's hard. Okay. Bellyman. My one song that I could listen, that I could recommend for anybody to listen to, the song is my ringtone for the longest time is Titan by Blaster Jacks and Bad Dimes. That song I don't know. There's something about it. It's very old school. Very. I mean, it's like, I think 2013, 2014, spinning records. Like, this is the old school, big room festival sound. And this song immediately made me fall in love with the entire genre. Like, that song, Titan by Blaster Jacks, is one of my favorite songs of all time. I love that song. Nice, yeah, nice. so that's my one pick.
1: Perfect. I will listen to it.
0: Yes, it's I'm, it's a good one. Yeah. Max, I really, really enjoyed I, talking to you. I really loved it, man. Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: This has been a rational optimization podcast. I hope you learned something. See you in the next one.